0: Maybe we should call it a routine, like your skincare routine and your daily standup routine.
1: (laughs) Yeah, you could, because to that point, we have, we use the same three questions every day, which are, what did you do yesterday? What do you plan to do today? And do you have any blockers? So it could be your daily standup routine. I vote yes. Look at that. (laughs) Look at us. Update the calendar invite. Welcome to Ready, Set, Workflow, a show about how to actually get things done in business, software development, startups, and life. We are your hosts, Katie, Tash, and Caitlin. and On today's podcast, we will be talking about meetings slash ceremonies, the first one being daily stand-up.
0: Before we get started um, and jump into all things daily stand-up, we will get started with our question of the day, our QOTD. So we have a lot to get through, I'm sure, with stand-ups. So I chose a quick one today, I think. And today's QOTD is pineapple on pizza, yes or no? Mm
1: Very controversial. That's an easy
0: one. (laughs) I think it's really easy as well. I'll go first because I already have my answer. I think, yes, I love pineapple on pizza, but I am not here for the Hawaiian pizza that has like the Canadian bacon or like ham or whatever. And pineapple or like a pineapple pepperoni or something like that, but definitely pineapple on pizza, but not in a traditional. So you have way. the ham problem. Pineapple's just fine. Exactly. <laughs> I exactly. am
2: also team pineapple. 100%. There are way worse things you could put on a pizza. Pineapple's probably in my top three toppings that I actually choose to put on my pizza. If I look at a menu and there is a pizza with pineapple on it, nine times out of 10, I will default to getting that pizza just wow. because of the
0: pineapple. That is wild. I love it.
2: I also feel pretty good about pineapple and pizza, but
1: unlike you, Katie, I, will, I won't ever order it. It's just never, it's never making the are you embarrassed? I don't know. No, <laughs> don't be embarrassed if it has jalapeno on it, like pineapple jalapeno, I'll, I'll probably get it, but yeah, there's just other toppings that I like more. I think. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I like the sweet spicy. That sounds yeah. bomb, but same. Awesome. So that was our QOTD. So now we can get started with the daily standup.
1: Great QOTD. All right. So we're talking about the daily standup meeting today or ceremony as they call it in Agile. So let's start with what, what is a daily standup?
0: So I went online to get where I get all of my information and I looked it up and Agile describes it as the daily scrum. They don't even call it a standup, but Mm, the daily scrum or standup. It's basically a 15-minute meeting that happens at the same time every day to inspect inspect progress towards the sprint goal and adapt the backlog as necessary. I think it's definitely a time to collaborate um, and ask for clarification and help on things as well. But the biggest thing that they really hammered in on every single definition of what a stand-up is, is it's not a status meeting. It's very different. Keeping in mind the idea of inspect and adapt, it's not just saying, This is where I'm at. I'm 75% of the way done, period. It's more mm-hmm. of a how are we making progress towards our goal? I think that can be defined like very differently for kind of how your team works. Some teams obviously have a sprint goal they commit to during each sprint cycle. We function in more of a scrum bond style, I would say. So we're not necessarily saying we'll deliver these 14 features this sprint. So it's slightly different. You have like more of a continuous progress that you're giving updates towards. But yeah, I think so it's, it's just like that status idea status
2: with purpose.
0: Exactly. Yeah. I think that's a better, don't just
2: end on status. Got it.
0: Yeah, that's a good distinction.
2: That makes sense. Um there's definitely a lot of benefits to stand ups. Something Caitlin that you said right before this was calling it a meeting versus a ceremony. And before we get too far into all of the benefits of standups and things like that, do you guys have feelings on calling it a meeting meeting versus a ceremony? I personally hate the word ceremony, but I think that's
1: just a, a me thing. It just, it's just like a little bit too cool lady for me, but I understand like, if you call it a meeting, maybe it becomes more of a status meeting and not, um, as productive, so maybe it's a mindset thing. I'll probably I, never call it a ceremony.
2: I definitely thought you said, "Cool lady, not <laughs> cool, cool lady, lady. cool so I was like, "Kaylin, you are a cool lady. You, can. Oh my you too
1: are a cool lady. You and are a cool lady." Don't want to drink too much agile kool aid, if you will.
0: It feels like presumptuous to me. Like it's a mm. ceremony. I don't think you should call it a daily stand-up meeting. But if you're talking about it in context, like in trying to explain what a standup is to your grandma and you say it's a ceremony, it just comes off a little too highfalutin, I guess, maybe for me, a meeting is just fine.
2: The only question that I had about it was, does a ceremony, calling it a ceremony, the only benefits that I see from that is that people hate the word meeting. So I think maybe it's just trying to avoid the word meeting over again. And then the second part is that I have found that other people in the company try to schedule meetings or drop in on your meetings or something like that. And the word ceremony makes it sound a little bit more important. Like this is something Mm. that you can't interrupt. I don't know why Scrum came up with ceremony originally, so I can't really speak to it. But those were the only two things that I could come up with as to why they went with ceremony as opposed to just meeting like. The word meeting's is just overexhausted and then ceremony feels like you, it's, it's a little bit more protected.
0: Maybe we should call it a routine, like your skincare oh. routine and your daily standup routine.
2: <laughs> yeah, you could, because
1: to that point, we have, we use the same three questions every day, which are, what did you do yesterday? What do you plan to do today? And do you have any blockers? So it could be your daily standup routine.
0: I vote. Yes. Look
1: at that. <laughs> Look at us. Update the calendar invite. all right well now that we've defined it I think we so we've been doing daily stand-ups for I don't know over a decade and I think we've really done a lot of small continuous improvements over time and we have our exact stand-up recipe that I think we like so let's dive into that
0: Tosh do you want to start with how we execute Sure. Yeah. And agreed. We definitely have made some modifications and tweaks, which again, is kind of the whole entire point behind agile in the first place, right? Is to inspect and adapt and figure out what does and doesn't work for your team. The way that we've transitioned our teams to doing standup is we actually talk through every single story individually with the team. So we work the way that we have our workflow organized in just a visual way is the stories the farthest along are on the right side of a screen and the least, you know, worked on are on the left side. So we just work from right to left, which is basically just saying we're going to address the stories that have the most amount of work done or the closest to being done first before we dive into the newly started things. And what we do is we actually open each story. We read the title, we open it, and then the team member or members who are working on it, give an update based on those three questions. We've kind of rephrased it to what have you done most recently? Because sometimes our days don't align hundred percent. What is left or what are you working on now? And do you have any blockers um, or do you need any help to get this story moving forward? And so once we kind of start to go right to left or most done to least done status update, oh gosh, I just said it. It's not a status update, but once we start working from that most done to least done, it kind of gives us an idea as to when stories will be delivered. And if there are more important stories that are maybe not as far along, we still talk to them at you know, length and we get good detail about it, but we're not ever like skipping over anything that's not as important as well. And it's very easy to follow along, follow along and sequential, I think.
1: Yeah. And I think, I think the going story by story definitely makes it, yeah, less of a status meeting. Cause I think when you're in agile training, you're like, okay, I just hold this meeting and I ask people what they did yesterday, what they're going to do today. And if they have any blockers and I think it's easy to just be like, okay, well, we'll just go around the room and say that. But when you click into each story or each bug or each whatever development task in progress, it becomes more productive. And if you're looking for specific updates on a specific thing, you kind of know when to when to really listen. And I think it just, people
0: give better updates that way. And I also think that people can't check, check out. So I know when you are sometimes in a big circle or you know pre covid in the same room and people would stand in a circle and say yesterday i did this today i'm doing this i have no blockers it's very easy to after your turn just disengage immediately but the chances of you only having one story bug whatever in progress at a time is almost impossible so you have to stay engaged during the whole meet uh, the whole stand up because otherwise it's going to come around to you and you're not going to be prepared Right. Yeah. And
2: I think also key to this is the note taking part of it. And I think going ticket by ticket, it's easier to take notes that way as well that are very referenceable. You can go back. Anybody at any point in time can go back into the ticket and look at this. And you don't have to actually have a separate area where you're taking notes about the person. It's actually everything just continues to happen directly in the ticket, which I think is really important as well.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. Cause so depending on the status of the story we will either put in very specific notes as to anything that's changed or you know any issues that have come up and what's currently being worked on for that story. And the other thing we do as well is we have a code review process, which can be a pain for teams to kind of manage because things get stuck in code review because chances are you're reviewing someone else's work And it's not directly affecting your progress, you know, towards meeting your ticket delivery. So they will sometimes get stuck in code review. So what we do as well is we open each story and actually navigate to the pull request, make sure someone is assigned to it, touch base with that person since they're on the call. And honestly, you know, sometimes people will say, oh my God, I totally forgot, usually followed by an I'm sorry, I'll get to it right now. And that I think is also really beneficial for expediting your code review, holding team members accountable to not just kind of like delegating that part of their work to the floor. And then again, yeah, just continuing to make progress towards completing all of your stories.
1: Definitely. Let's talk about some problems with (laughs) standup. Number one, my most dreaded issue or most dreaded update that I hear in standup is the, I'm working on it. Or I worked on it yesterday and I'm going to continue working on it today. And I have no blockers. <laughs> How do you guys handle
2: that? Like as scrum masters, you don't move on to the next ticket until you get essentially the, the update that you're looking for.
0: Yeah. I think yeah. the nice part too, again, we're doing all of this remotely. So everyone's seeing a shared screen and we're using an online application to manage all of this. So we do type out our notes every single day as to what's currently being worked on, if there are any issues with it, why it would or wouldn't be moving forward. So I will usually give people a one-day pass. I understand, you know, it's Tuesday morning and maybe you are just not feeling it and you're working on it, but you don't really have the words to explain it. I'll give you a one-day pass. If I open up the card again on a Wednesday morning and I get the same update, then that's when I'll ask if the follow-up questions, because I will write on Tuesday that you are currently making progress towards it. I'll phrase it a little bit nicer than I'm working on it. But then if I see that it's there, it's preserved, it's in your face. If you give back to back, I'm working on it updates, then I'll usually ask a leading question. Like based on the acceptance criteria, it looks like this part's done. Do you have any problems with what's left remaining? Or I'll even just ask, okay, well, what is the remaining work on this? Do you need help from anyone? Does it require a front end or a back end developer to look at it and just try and ask a leading question? And then the other thing I also try and do is give positive reinforcement when people give good updates. It's when they go and they have a very detailed explanation as to what they've been working on, if they have any blockers. I think when people bring that up in meetings, it's super impactful. So I try and also give really positive reinforcement to them so that other people on the call understand that that's the kind of update that should be given because it allows everyone to get a sense of what that person is working on and not in a like what are you working on big brother sense but it might you know if you're working on that same piece of code you it might be an aha moment for you to be like oh I need to touch base with so and so because I'm working on that same thing or just to anticipate merge conflicts or anything along those lines I
2: like those different options and I think Tosh kind of what you're speaking to also is that ultimately it's the scrum master or the product owner, whoever's running the meeting to actually ensure that the updates are being given in the way that they need to be. So of course, every participant in the standup has their role and they should know what questions to answer and things like that. But ultimately it's whoever's facilitating that meeting to ensure that it's a really well run meeting. I think Tosh runs her meetings really, really well. I've been in stand-ups that are poorly run before. And a poorly run stand-up might be the definition of the worst meeting possible. So I think that that's just really important is to have a strong leader in that role that knows how to facilitate a meeting, that knows the different options, like Tosh mentioned. Maybe it's the positive reinforcement. Maybe it's asking the questions knowing what happened yesterday so that you know what follow-ups to do today. So ultimately, it is that role that has to take on that responsibility and just to ensure that the stand-ups run effectively. Also, to identify when you need to maybe move it to a 16th minute, um, which we could talk about what that is as well, but just making sure that the, the meeting is moving along in a productive way and talking about the things that actually need to be talked about.
0: Yeah, I think also you as the yeah product owner, or Scrum master, or whoever, whatever role you have running that, it is up to you make sure to make sure that the meeting is impactful. As soon as they start becoming just straight up status updates, or that's when you see people really start to disengage, and then they just get worse and worse and worse, <laughs> and it becomes more and more painful. And so, yeah, I think making sure that you're Again, holding your team members accountable to making this 15 minutes valuable encourages that like a a higher level of participation as well. So I think you can either go on like an upward spiral or you can, if you stop engaging as much in them, they do just turn into those 15 minutes status meetings that are, yeah, just so painful and monotonous to sit through and you have to do it every day.
1: I think we, we've also made it okay to say that you actually didn't do any work on that ticket yesterday and you're not going to do anything today where I think that kind of alleviates some of the I'm working on it BS that we hear where, you know, it's okay to say that I didn't do anything yesterday because I got pulled into a million other things, or there was a bug or a hot fix or whatever. And then, you know, if you keep seeing that I didn't do anything yesterday over and over again, then, you know, it, it brings the ticket to light that maybe, you know, someone else needs to pick it up or maybe it's not actually a priority and nobody cares about it or whatever it may be, which I think is better than the just like, yep, still working on it over and over again when probably nothing actually happened the day before or is going to happen today.
2: Right. No one's in trouble. Right. (laughs) So it's really just about that transparency and understanding where things are improving the collaboration, allowing for that space and then keeping that constant pace of the meetings themselves.
0: Yeah. And I think another thing, and you kind of touched on this Katie is leveraging that 16th minute. The 16th minute is really just, you could call it a 16th minute. You could call it a parking lot. It's really just the time after the meeting routine ceremony, whatever you want to call it to discuss at length issues that got brought up during the daily standup. Maybe developers have specific questions, very specific questions on acceptance criteria, or they have some kind of impediment that for, you know, 80% of the other participants on that call are not like relevant to them. Recognizing when to say, okay, these are really great questions. I understand you need these certain things for me, or you need to get these things answered. Let's parking lot it. Let's 16th minute it so that we can get through everything else. Again, keeping the rest of your team engaged because they're not just like, oh, they're talking about whatever. I'm gonna start doing my code reviews or whatever it might be. They're still staying engaged. And then you can circle back at the end, let everyone else drop off the call who doesn't need to be there and then dive into the nitty gritty details at that point. I think that that's like a huge thing to, to manage as well. Definitely, I did it today because I was getting a, you know, we were talking through this one very, very complicated story and I found myself answering multiple questions and I had to do like a quick check and just say, okay, I know that these again are very important. We need to get them answered. Let's talk through everything else. And I promise you, we'll get you these answers. So also when you are scheduling your daily stand-ups, I always schedule them for 30 minutes. In the beginning of going through story by story, they do tend to take a little bit longer as well. So giving yourself that 30-minute buffer is really important. But then once you get into the flow of it, honestly, our two teams that we are working with right now are very different sized, but they usually both take about 15 minutes to get through. And then you have that buffer after to talk through Any of the other things that may come up, or to kind of get any of your action items done that may have come up during that meeting, schedule meetings that have been requested to review certain stories or parts of the process. But allowing that time afterwards so you're not feeling super constrained and having to squeeze everything in is important. So I would definitely schedule it for 30 minutes or at least put a blocker on your calendar so people don't schedule during that time after so you can have those follow-up conversations is really important. I would say anything that's over 45 seconds, like once you start talking about one Dory for 45 seconds to a minute, that's a meet like when you need to kind of just check it and say, okay, this is definitely a follow-up conversation and just parking lot it till after.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think scheduling for 30 minutes is key. Even though it's supposed to be a 15-minute meeting, we all know that the 16th minute is not a one-minute conversation normally, (laughs) hence it being parking lotted. So yeah, I totally agree. Walk 30 minutes. You probably won't need it most days, but then when you do, you're not stressed about trying to jump on another call.
0: I think the other thing too, that really helps is making sure you have the right people in the meetings, your daily standup should really only be your scrum team. Some people even say it should only be the developers and it should be developed or led. I've just found that there's usually questions that come up being asked of product or whoever that you end up having another follow-up meeting about. And it's just a little bit more effective to have everyone in one video conference again, and I think this deters it from being a status meeting is if you have higher level people who really only care about two things that are going out to clients, I think it takes away from reviewing the whole space as like holistically, and you'll see either resources or energy or something get put onto tickets or stories that may not even be the highest priority, but because there are people who are not in the scrum team at your standup, it can cause like distraction and misappropriate your resources a little bit too. So just keeping it smaller is really important as well. And it makes it a safe space for developers to say, I wasn't able to get to this because I was working on other things. No one wants to have to say that when your COO is on the call.
2: Yeah. The, the real question I have is, do you do question of the day at stand-ups or not?
0: We do not do question of the day at stand-up. Again, because we are going through story by story, every single person has to participate. And if you're not participating, then that's a different conversation for a different time with that team member. And it could be that they're just helping everyone on their team with the stories that are currently in progress but they'll usually have an update. So everyone is already actively engaging in the standup where we don't have to have the QOTD to get, you know, a pulse of the room or to get people to participate and just to be respectful of everyone's time. If we did a question of the day it would take way more than 15 minutes.
1: There'd be a lot of QOTDs also for you to come up with every single
2: day. <laughs>
0: it's true. A lot of content. that would be painful yeah <laughs> it'd be really like scraping the bottom of the barrel
2: yeah i do love that even though because i love question of the day because it's something fun and like we've said these meetings can become tedious obviously the the value and benefits outweigh the tediousness of it but there's a couple different things that i know we've done to make stand-ups a little bit more fun or they've just happened kind of organically our team is obsessed with Taco Tuesday. So they always have somebody wish, wish Taco Tuesday. And I guess we do refinements that day, but even when we were doing stand-ups that day, always at the end of it, there was some, you know, some fun conversation or little blurb or something like that at the end of it. And not every day, but some days, I think that, you know, if you are able to add an element of fun in there on some of those days that might help with the tediousness of the standup.
0: Yeah. I think if you can find a way to just include a little bit of banter, sometimes I feel like I'm emceeing standups every day, which I honestly probably am, but yeah, just a way to include a little bit of banter does just break up the monotony of, okay, here's the same story. We've talked about it for the past four days. What did we work on it today? What did we work? What's going to happen next? And do you have any blockers? I think, yeah, if you can just find a way to include a little bit of banter, whether it's asking if people have any plans for that evening, usually people do. So then you can follow up on it, you know, the next day, ask them how their sister-in-law's birthday was, how much wine they drank, whatever it was. They went to a concert over the weekend. It does allow you to kind of make those continuous, you know, connections and touch points, but it doesn't have to be as formal. And then you usually just get different people contributing, which is nice too.
1: I think that's really kind of all we had to talk about, about standup. I think we've covered most of it, but any final thoughts?
0: I think I'm really just a huge proponent of going through story by story. I think that that's the best way to keep your team actively engaged during that fifteen-minute meeting. So I think that that's one of the most impactful things you can do to just break up the ugh of stand-up. You know, just make it a little bit more specific. From a
1: dev perspective, I think one big thing is just is clicking into the pull requests. So when you're going through the cards, there's stories that are in code review. Click into those pull requests. I think that's something you're you're not going to learn in an agile training, but it just makes all the difference. So I'd highly recommend that.
2: My biggest thing is that if you can do a really effective stand-up, it takes the place of a bunch of other meetings that may need to be had if it was a poorly run stand-up or if you're not having standups. When you actually add up all the times you would need to be in other meetings to get all of those same updates, it would be a lot more than what you're doing in daily stand-ups. I always think of it as replacing or actually resulting
0: in fewer meetings overall. It's a great point. I didn't even think of that, but you're spot on. So I think the only thing also is besides it being daily and it being time boxed to 15 minutes, and maybe the questions we ask, we really did expand on what daily standups can be. That can be very, very overwhelming. And we didn't make all of these changes at once. We just kind of started to incorporate them one at a time and evolve each one of them slowly. Like there there were times we skipped over stories, skipped over, you know, different like sections of work. And then we realized, you know, we've had, we've also had to inspect and adapt this this process as well. So if this is something that you want to try to do, if you're not getting the most out of your daily standups, I would just say to pick one thing that we've talked about and just try and incorporate it. And incorporate it slowly. You don't need to make 10 changes at once. It also probably will not result in a very effective standup if you do that. That's the other thing with all of these changes is they do need to be introduced over time. But I think if you just pick one and focus on that for, you know, a couple sprints, you'll really start to see the value. Hopefully your team becomes more engaged during those meetings. You get more out of it. And then once people start to experience the change leads to better, more productive time spent, I think they'll be more willing to embrace it as well.
1: One change per sprint.
2: Yeah, that, that could be a topic for a whole other podcast. How many changes to roll out? How often? All right, well, great summary with that, Tosh. And hopefully everyone, you took some hot tips from our podcast about standups today. Thank you everyone for listening in. We hope that you enjoyed the full discussion. If you did, feel free to leave us a review or share this episode with your friends. You can also check us out on Instagram at Ready, Set, Workflow. And please don't hesitate. If you have topics that you want us to cover, let us know. And feel free to drop a comment, reach out on social media, and we'll see you next week.